You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. With the eviction moratorium in place, the federal eviction moratorium in place, that recently having been lifted, you still got state, you've got some county, you've got some individual city, you've got some of those moratoriums, but for the most part, those are being lifted. A lot of parts of the country, they're Evictions are on, they're going, it's happening. This podcast is going to focus on why landlords filed 1000s of evictions during the moratorium. And what's going to happen with those because you can still file, you might just not have a judge listen to your your case, be like, all right, if it's for rent, yeah, we're not we're not looking at that. But at least you've got your case on the book. This is a this is kind of a hard look. And this is from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's where Fox uh, 43 is coming out of. We're going to take a look at that and uh, just see what's going on there. Because this whole moratorium deal, it's pretty one-sided. And I think as much exposure that can be given to the landlord side of things, that needs to happen because not many people are covering it. Okay, so if you're new here, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and I read the news. Some say... I read the news from a reasonable perspective. All right, let's jump on in. The federal eviction moratorium did little to slow filings amid the pandemic and debt has piled up on both sides. The moratorium may have helped millions of people who lost their jobs during the pandemic, but it did not wipe away their bills. They still owe. Despite the moratorium, Fox 43 reveals that landlords filed thousands of evictions against tenants who owed rent. However, those landlords may never see the money they're owed. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because that's what I think will happen. I think they may even get some kind of judgment. They're not going to be able to find these tenants. These tenants are going to book it. If if you're flaky enough to just flake out on your landlord, even though you've got money coming in, when it's, when it's go time, when you actually get the boot, you're gone. That landlord is going to be able to find you. He's not going to track you down. And so you're going to owe a bunch of money and that landlord is never going to see the that money ever again, ever. That's what I think will happen with the vast majority of money owed. Could this have been handled differently? Absolutely. It's crazy that we had an eviction moratorium. I mean, that that's just, you've already got rental assistance programs in place, right? Fund those so people don't get kicked out. Don't try and recreate the wheel. Here in King County, we've been recreating the wheel since the beginning of the federal funds uh, due to the pandemic for housing assistance. They've been trying to recreate the wheel and get the federal funds into the state hands, into the local local entities that be just a cluster. Fox 43 reveals obtained a trove of landlord-tenant cases after filing a data request with the Administrative Office of Pennsylvania Courts. From September 2020 through June 2021, landlords filed more than 9,100 evictions in Dauphin, Lancaster, and York counties. During this time, rent relief programs were being rolled out, and a ban on evictions for non-payment of rent was still in effect. We set out to learn why landlords filed these evictions. Uh, within this 10-month time frame, the Harrisburg Housing Authority filed 25 evictions. It's no- nothing that you'll ever want to do. You never want to evict somebody from their house, especially not in a pandemic, said Catherine Wyatt, chief legal officer for the Harrisburg Housing Authority. They're the ones that filed 25 evictions. They were not rent-related. 
Okay, so not rent related. We only filed for reasons that would be either lease violations, like if they had criminal activity on the property. So there's a whole bunch of that. All right here in King County, I pulled up the heat map for evictions. And since the pandemic, since uh, I think this chart shows from the beginning of uh, yeah April 10th, 2020. So during the heart, and that's right at the beginning of the pandemic, the total in, in my county here in King County, the total number of evictions has been 645. And of those, I'm just going to run you through kind of some super quick numbers here. So you get an idea of what's been going on during the pandemic, in spite of all these eviction moratoriums, because it's basically just for rent is the eviction moratorium for non payment of rent, right? So lease violation behavior, you violated the lease, you're doing something to cause either safety concern, or you're impacting another tenant, or you're impacting the building, something along those lines, you've got lease violation behavior of 312 evictions, you got mutual termination for evictions, no cause, you just agreed to do it eight, eight of those evictions, non payment of rent, 12. 12 out of 645. You've got other of nine. Here's the interesting one. Owners wish to sell or occupy the property. So it was either a lease violation safety kind of hazard thing is when you could kick somebody out, or the owner basically states we're going to occupy it or we're going to sell it. And so we had 186 of those had those come through eviction. Yeah, post foreclosure, 31 evictions, those happen normally, unauthorized occupants were 81. So you've basically got squatters, for lack of a better word. So that's kind of the breakdown. So the big ones in King County, lease violations, you got owner wishes to sell or occupy the property, that's almost 200 of them, almost a third, and then unauthorized occupants, 81. So of the 645 in King County, only 12 for, were, were for non-payment of rent. So basically, nobody's getting thrown out for non-payment of rent. They're getting thrown out for a bunch of other reasons. Um, so let's jump back here. So due to the moratorium, the, the Harrisburg Housing Authority could not collect the amount of unpaid rent owed to them, which now sits at more than $520,000. That's from the beginning, basically from when the moratorium was put in place. It's a lot of money why it continued. Yes, that is. That's an incredible amount of money. Um, it's a similar situation for the Dauphin County Housing Authority. 34% of their rent roll is unpaid. So here in King County, um, here in Washington State, the vast majority of the landlords that I've checked in with, they've got like one or two tenants that haven't paid. And it's usually some kind of weird random one off deal. But in other areas of the country, like Pennsylvania, where you don't have the economics that you basically do here in the Pacific Northwest, whether you view that as good or bad, uh, you've got different economic components that people have different levels of employment, right? And so in it's a similar situation for the Dauphin County Housing Authority, 34% of their rent roll is unpaid. The agency has filed 23 evictions for non payment of rent since the moratorium was lifted. They expect that number to rise. We definitely saw tenants who had no effect, they had no loss of income. 
They were either on Social Security or disability, and those payments continued to come. And yet we still saw them falling behind in rent because they were spending their money on something else. We know that's true. But the vast majority paid their rent. I mean, for the most part, what we're talking about here is those who didn't pay their rent, unless they're getting involved with the, the federal money, the landlords, good luck on getting that paid back, right? I mean, if tenants are having a hard time, or even if they're, you know, close to paying their bills, they're not going to come up with like 10 grand, 15 grand of back owed rent, they're just not going to, it's just not going to happen. Unless money falls out of the sky, these landlords, and this is what I've been saying all along, these landlords, they're just SOL, sorry. And that's the harsh reality. And I'm going to talk a little bit more um, from the standpoint of a, uh, a landlord down in Oregon, uh, uh, state of Oregon, and get, get input there because there's some interesting things going on as a result of all this stuff. So Fox 43 reached out to the Greater Harrisburg Area Tenants United to talk with renters who may have been impacted by evictions. They didn't hear back. Yeah, we got nothing to say to you. Who knows? You know what I mean? Digging through deeper on these eviction filings, Fox 43 reveals that thousands of tenants were behind on rent in as many as 15 months and owed upwards of $10,000 each. Those cases are raising concerns about the impact of the moratorium. It may have guaranteed stable housing for millions of renters during an unprecedented year, but landlords could be the collateral damage. That's what I think. That's the deal here. If you're owed money on rent, your goal is to get new tenants in there, turn these things over, get tenants, and um, you're going to have your pick of tenants. You're going to have your pick of tenants because the supply of rental properties is not increasing. No, it's going the other way and it's going the other way hard. Many landlords are saddled with tens of thousands of dollars in lost rent, money that was meant for retirement a college fund for their uh, investors, sorry, money that was meant for retirement, a college fund, or for their investors. So it's not like these, these are investment vehicles, rental properties, investment vehicles. It's not like there's some fat cat landlord out there on a lot of these properties who's just raking the money in. They're an investment vehicle. So you wouldn't dip into somebody's 401k to pay somebody else's rent, would you? No, but that's essentially what has happened. So they're dipping into savings, the landlords are dipping into savings to pay property taxes, insurance, water bills, maintenance, any of the bills that tenants aren't covering because they're not paying. So they've got to pay those because those are ongoing. You don't have a choice. That's the big difference. You got a 401k, it just kind of sits there, it goes up, it goes down, maybe it breaks even. But real estate, physical structure, it needs ongoing maintenance. That's just the, that's the, that's the deal with housing is that you got, it's not, it's not going to maintain itself. It's just not, it's just not the way this works. And so I think a lot of folks that have put these eviction moratoriums in place, they don't really understand that drill. That's what I keep hearing over and over and over from landlords. And I agree 100%. They don't really get how this this works. But they're going to find out on the flip side when rent just goes through the roof and they'll have a lot of tenants going, ah, wait a minute, 
we've been really impacted since the coronavirus. Yes, you have. And that's what we're those are the mechanics we're going through right now. So there's a lot more to the story than people realize to Chad Gallagher, Gallagher. He's co founder of Home 365, which was formerly known as the Slate House Group. The property management company filed 320 evictions from September 2020 through June 2021. In Dauphin, Lancaster and York counties, their eviction judgments like those from other property managers included rent in arrears, court and legal fees. However, Gallagher said that local judges would only hear eviction cases for lease violations that were not rent related. People owe you rent, tough luck, you're gonna have to figure that out. I think sometimes when people think about a real estate investor, they have this image in their head of this super wealthy individual who owns 500 houses. And look, that's just not the reality. And yet so many people who get their information from the media, that's what they think. They think, well, those guys are, they're, they're fat cats. They've got all the money in the world. They've, they know how to get to a bank. We literally, who was the politician that said that? I've had so many of those quotes that it's like, you people are dumb. You're just dumb. The, the, the landlords, they know how to get to a bank. The tenants, they might have four or five children. They can't get to the bank. I mean, just stuff like that. It's like, all right, so therefore the landlord who's figured out how to make that investment and better their lives through investing, create generational wealth for their families, they have to cover for tenants who can't get their act together and might have four or five children just like the landlord might. Yeah, that's, that's where this whole thing breaks down, right? From my perspective. And I'm a real estate guy. So there's that. So there's people out there who own a bunch of real estate, but the average person owns one property. And they have a mortgage to pay on that property and they have real estate taxes. And there wasn't frankly, a ton of relief for those landlords, a ton of relief. There's none. There's essentially none. Those landlords likely will not see the money that they are owed. That's why I'm reading this story. They're not going to see the money and that sucks. That really does. There is now fear that cities may see a wave of eviction since the federal eviction ban has been lifted. Landlords say that would only create more instability. That's what's going to happen. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's inevitable. This is that, you know, we're watching it happen, right? We're going to see sort of a landslide, which is going to put our maintenance staff with their backs against the wall because they're going to attempt to turn all these units over as quickly as possible so we can get these new tenants in there, Eppinger said. Does that make sense? I mean, boom, you're out. Okay, we got you out. Now we're going to go hard and getting these things uh, turned over, which means probably paint, new kitchen appliances, fix any damage, which in a lot of instances can be extensive, trying to get new materials to put these units back together. Good luck with that. We've got a supply chain thing going on right now, right? Have you noticed? Costco, Home Depot, Target, they're all leasing out their own ships so that they can guarantee bringing stuff in. You want to go and get something specific for your property, put it back together after a tenant's destroyed it, or just, you know, normal wear and tear or something in between those two. Um, it's going to be tough to turn these units over as quickly as possible because that's the situation you're in. Never mind the fact that it seems like contractors are just booked out forever on a lot of this stuff. But big companies will have 
maintenance staff, small company, small mom and pop, they got to get in there and do it themselves. So they're going to turn over as quick as they can get that next tenant in there. Because the more downtime, I mean, if you have one month of downtime, that's one twelfth, right? These are numbers, people, it's pretty basic. So you have one month of downtime. And guess what? A lot of these landlords have had way more than one month, they've had a year, a year and a half, they need these tenants out. All right. So Fox 43 reveals try, uh, tried to track down tenants who have not paid rent in over a year. We're still waiting to hear their side of the story. All right. Rental assistance for landlords and tenants is still widely available. Adams, Mifflin, uh, Wunichia, Perry, Franklin, and Lebanon counties are using the state's emergency rental assistance program. York, Dauphin, Cumberland and Lancaster counties are creating their own programs with direct federal aid and state funding. We're talking about all the Fed money that's out there that's come into individual states, then it goes to the county, it goes to whatever entities, goes to cities, uh, and then they fund if you've got a claim. So the big thing is, is landlords and their tenants need to know that there's money out there. This has been just a massive cluster. It, it just has. Didn't need to be handled this way. This is the way it is. An eviction moratorium, crazy, right? But here in Washington, in a historic move, free attorneys are provided for tenants facing eviction in some Washington counties. We've got like 12 counties here in the state of Washington. I think it's 12 counties that are uh, that are doing this. And uh, yeah, a dozen Washington counties are a step closer to the possible return of wide-scale evictions after more than a year of pandemic limits. Um, no, sorry, it's just King, Snohomish, Pierce and Spokane counties, they are going to guarantee free legal representation to tenants. Now, if you think, okay, yeah, those counties suck. Here's here's what they're doing. If you have income below, I think it's like 20, 26 grand. Is that what it is? Uh, or if you're a family of four, and you have income below like 54 grand, um, you're eligible to get some consultation with an attorney. Uh, whether or not people will take advantage of that, I have no idea. I kind of think that the folks are, who are defaulting on this are probably not going to be taking advantage of the attorney. But it's out there. And a lot of people are like, yeah, where's the free attorney for the landlord? Well, yeah, there aren't any. Interesting. The attorneys are owed money. The, the tenants owe the money. The tenants get the free legal representation. You got to see where I'm going with this. All right. So here's that. Uh, I had a really good uh, email come through from a, uh, a property manager, a, a quasi retired property manager. And here, I think there's some really good points in here. And I'm just going to read it anonymously, of course, and um, we're going to talk about it for a sec. Rentals are essentially a matter of supply, being the landlords and demand being the tenants, the greater the freedom on the exchange, the more likely the market will self adjust to maximize the benefit to all parties. That's supply and demand, right? I mean, there's a, there's a point of equilibrium in there. I mean, that's your basic econ, right? I'm a small time retiree landlord in Oregon, a state that continues to be anti development and anti landlord, and anti a lot of stuff. The propaganda continually harps on the hardship on consumers. 
Yes, that is true. It ignores the producers will only participate if it's worthwhile. Now that is interesting. All right. That's very true. And that's what you're seeing right now behind the scenes. Yeah, so I got my unit emptied out from those tenants who didn't pay they trashed it I got it cleaned up. Whoa, wow, I can get a bunch more for my pro Yes. All right. So you throw you run that ad. You got a dozen applications. Your top three are absolutely golden. You're going to choose one of those, right? Amazing credit, amazing income, amazing stable job. Maybe they, maybe they pay half of their lease up front. Those are the things that tenants who have been evicted or have some bad payment history, whether it's their own doing or not, they're going to be competing against the tenants that I just described. I mean, think, think gold plated tenants. That is the market because there's such demand for rental housing right now because nobody can afford a house to purchase, let alone the fact that the supply has been so minimal. It's just a nightmare for people to actually purchase a home. So it ignores the producers will only participate if it's worthwhile. So renting out a house, this isn't, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not something people do to make themselves feel good. It's an asset and it's a big asset class. I anticipate a 50% reduction of rentals in Oregon from 2019 to 2022. Here is why with personal experiences. I'm going to skip down to his number three. Number three reason, the ridiculous fear response during the latest cold slash flu bug passage through our society is killing, maiming, and financially destroying more than if each person in business was left to respond as they saw fit. Oregon hardship tenants have multiple local, state, and federal assistance programs that could have been expanded to pay the landlords part or all of their rent due. Instead, the Oregon people pushed for providing free rent, claiming it a human right and health need. I was denied access to the court and sheriff losing $8,000 on just one of my rentals, where the tenants had jobs, they leased nice cars, and used fancy home internet systems. I was finally able through eviction allowed as of July 1st to regain possession. They chose not to pay even July's rent. The governor then continued the denial of justice by saying the tenants are not allowed to are not required to pay the eight grand back until the middle of 2022. In Oregon, eviction court is only for possession, then it's small claims court for collection. Can I really expect to find them to take them to court in late 2022? All right, so you get the tenant out July 1st, 2021. You've got to wait a full year to actually uh, go after that money. You're never going to find those folks. They're gone. Plus, if you find them, you can get a judgment. Good luck getting paid on that, right? Landlords, they're just going to get hosed. So here's the number four reason. What landlords were not bankrupted or lost their rentals through foreclosures are seriously reviewing their risks and costs of providing said rentals. Many had to come out of retirement in order to put food on the table and to pay bills to not lose their rentals. That's that's a thing. I mean, you you buy a rental property, you know, towards the end of, or, or maybe you buy it during your working years. 
that is there to pay income. Now you've got a situation where your retirement is based off income from that property. Now you've got to pay those bills on top of not getting any income, you might have to get another job. That's literally what we're talking about. So that the tenants can just do their own thing. So many had to come out of retirement in order to put food on the tables and to pay bills not to lose their rentals, meaning through foreclosure. Is there to be an eviction moratorium with every financial or health setback in Oregon? This is in view of the looming fiat currency meltdown. That's a good question. With a manufactured shorting of housing, rentals, rentals bring a high sales price. Yep, we know that, right? The proceeds can then be moved to far safer investments, typically out of state and or out of nation. I stopped adding rentals, put one up for sale and have another to sell as soon as the tenants vacate. Since 95% of conventional home loans require the buyer live in the home, virtually all rentals sold will be owner occupied. Okay, so it's not like a property is a rental property, it gets sold, it automatically stays a rental property. Oftentimes, single family homes, they get converted into owner occupied residential properties, people who want to live in them. And oftentimes, it's because those people can pay the premium of just being able to buy that home. And they've got the they've got the the, the living amenity component of it. They're going to enjoy the asset and they're going to live there. They're going to raise their family there. There's that that amenity of it's not just a house, sticks and stones, you, you know, that a tenant is going to say, well, I don't really care about this house because I don't have an ownership interest. So take it or leave it. There's a component there when you own it that people are willing to pay a big premium for because that's where they're putting their roots down, right? So since 95% of conventional home loans, most of these homes that are being sold that are rentals, they're going to be owner occupied. Where will the previous Oregon tenant population live now? That's exactly what we're going through right now, October 2021. This is what's happening. You're going to see that a bunch come up in the media. And number five of reasons um, uh, why we're going to have 50% <laughs> decline in the number of rentals. And what's the result of supply and demand? What does a 50% rental stock reduction mean? Just like it's a seller's market for home sales, it's a landlord's market for rentals. Only the most qualified tenant has any chance of getting into a rental. Likewise, rents are jumping 20 to 50%, if not more, since there are willing people willing to pay and able to pay. There's that gold-plated tenant, right? Willing, able, they're going to do it. Landlord, yes. Yes, I will take half of that lease payment up front. My latest turnover was at the end of the first year. My qualifications are now high. Absolutely no deviation is accepted and only the best need apply, referring to tenants. I also raised the asking rent 30%. A high paying professional moved in only two days after the prior tenants moved out. The qualifications and rent rates are not based on a marked, uh, a fixed markup from actual costs. That's one thing that people think, well, I mean, there's the standard for rent and it shouldn't be any more over that. Well, that's not true. There isn't a set baseline and, oh, you should only be able to raise the rents by 10% per year. Sorry, folks. 
it, it's a supply and demand market. That's as simple as that. If wages don't follow, y- you know, that's kind of tough. And that's why we've got so many issues with affordable housing. We don't have affordable housing in the big cities where housing prices have skyrocketed. We just don't have that. So if you think finding a rental is hard now, wait until Oregon adds even more controls in its drive to destroy the state's housing industry. All right. You could say the same thing about Seattle. Seattle's got some just nutty restrictions on rental housing. And guess what? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, folks are talking about rent control, you know, things like that, um, subsidized affordable housing. You're going to have to come up with some real game plans because the dynamics of the rental market, they are headed to the moon. <laughs> and um, that's a pretty easy thing to predict because we've watched the supply get constricted and we're not building any more straight out single family residential rental properties. That is not a thing because that doesn't make sense. That only makes sense when you've got a time in history where there's a ton of supply and not great demand. And when rents meet your mortgage obligations, that makes a lot of sense. In today's market, properties are so expensive that what you can get for rent, even though the rents are really high, oftentimes still won't even come close to covering the mortgage. So the only people that can really justify these super expensive, you know, uh, prices for homes along the, the western coast and the eastern coast are owner occupied or investors if they have a massive down payment and they don't want a huge return on their money because they're not going to get one after all of your taxes, insurance, expenses, depreciation, all that stuff is figured out. You're not getting a huge return, but you will get a big return when you sell it. But you got to get there. And so landlords have been working through this last year and a half on getting there. And that's been a tricky deal because they've been told by the government, yeah, your income stopped. And if if that happens, we're sorry, but there's an eviction moratorium. Can't really help you out. So landlords have been doing what they can to kind of get there. And, um, you know, what this landlord, this property manager from Oregon said, that stuff is true. And it's happening right now. And so when you start to see some more of these stories come out, you'll be like, have I heard that somewhere before? Because mass media won't cover this until it becomes just a an absolute train wreck for the tenants. And you'll see, you know, my rent went up XYZ. And you know, be some poor guy with all his stuff sitting out on the curb couldn't pay my rent. All right, well, there's a reason for that. And you can look to a lot of this stuff that has happened as to why here's how we got there, folks. That's just plain and simple. All right. So that was a lot of landlord stuff. But the the flip side is, is a lot of these evictions are they're getting pulled off. I think here in Seattle, we've got some of the longest eviction moratoriums. And I believe like July 15th, maybe July, or no, not July, January. We want to get through the holidays, get people through the holidays. And then I think the, I think that's when the last eviction moratorium will be lifted. And I think that's city of Seattle, or maybe it's the state of Washington. I can't remember. There's been so many that it's just like, whatever. Just remember the date, January. So, you know, West Coast, we're way behind because we've got all these 
as far as the rest of the country already kind of operating normal if there's a uh, there is a new normal. But here in the West Coast, um, yeah, we've got these ridiculous moratoriums still in place. Because there's what, how many millions of jobs are out there? Millions, we have, we've got a labor shortage supply. So it's not like people have the excuse of well, I can't really find a job. I'm not just not finding a job. Every damn store out there has a help wanted sign, right? They do here in, in Seattle. So there's that. That's out there. All right. So that's it for me. But I think you're going to see and I've talked about this a bunch. But um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be tricky moving forward for a lot of folks. And I feel bad for a lot of folks who have just, you know, it, it's your folks without a ton of money without a ton of income. But they're also not able to benefit from getting all the state aid. Those are the ones that are going to be impacted the most because their rent is going to go up a lot. And they're not going to be able to afford to buy. And they're going to be stuck just paying. And they may have to move further out. That's what folks are doing. Move further out, same type house, greater commute, less rent. That's kind of where we're at in a lot of these cities. That's it for me on this one. We'll be talking about this again. This is a, this is a topic that just won't go away, will it? We'll have some wrap ups on this when we finally get to that eviction. Maybe we'll have some big stories. I don't know. I kind of think this one just, it just, it, it kind of just disappears into the wherever landlords get stuck with a bunch of debt. They move forward. They raise their rents. People squawk. That's what we'll be dealing with. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thanks again for being part of the Seattle real estate podcast. I will catch up with you soon. Until then, stay safe make good decisions. We'll talk again. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.